Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, hello, sweet listeners, and welcome back to another episode of the In the Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Victoria, otherwise known as Vic in the Meadow in all my corners of the internet. Ooh, today we are going to be talking about calming my nervous system and what works for me, but first... You know how it is. We're going to catch up. We're going to chat. This is the first week since daylight savings happened. Honestly, I don't mind daylight savings time in the fall as much because we get that extra hour, which it's not even so much getting the extra hour of sleep for me, but it's a nice reset where I can start waking up earlier again. As I know, and if you've listened before, for me, routinely getting up early is very important for my mental health, especially with this daylight savings time where we have such a small window of light and daytime hours that I want to be awake for them. I need to be awake for them, for my brain. Even so, even so, we are totally in the gray months here in Southern Ontario. I'm not sure how it is where you live yet here in the start of November. It is so overcast and cloudy and rainy and wet and gross. Now, what I'm about to say is very much a first world problem and I'm aware of that. However, I have a short deadline brand partnership that I'm going to be doing for Instagram about buying local and sustainable companies for the holidays. I'm talking I've got three days to film, edit, and submit this and one of the key points in the package that they send, concept, I can't think of the word right now, states nice natural light. And this is a Canadian company. And I literally emailed back and I was like, okay, I'm going to try really hard to make this happen. But since you're also in Canada, I'm sure you know we are in the gray months. We are in the gray months. I don't live in a house even. I'm in an apartment. I don't live in a rich people house with lots of nice natural light. You've seen my reel and TikTok that went viral last year for living in a shabby apartment and trying to make the most of it. You know, you know. Anyway, so I already don't have the direction that my house is facing, like working in my favor. On top of that, today is rain. Tomorrow and Wednesday are cloudy overcast. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to worry about trying to do it today because it's a Monday today as I'm recording this. I'm recording a little bit early this week because I've got therapy and dentist appointments and not fun stuff the rest of the week. But I'm like, you know what? No, it's fine. It's a Monday. We will wake up tomorrow and try this again and see if we have daylight. My whole point in saying this is that it is just so gray that even with the curtains open, because I always pop those curtains open first thing in the morning, there is like, it's giving nothing. It's giving nada. So gray and overcast. And I've plugged in my Christmas tree. Oh, we will get to that. And all of my lamps to try and give some nice ambient, like warm faux sunlight if you will, but it is truly just a very gray Monday today as I'm recording. Anyway, so I'm trying to find my pockets of joy where I can, which is 
That's going to lead me into talking about how I've decorated for Christmas already. I think I mentioned last episode that for reasons I'm not going to get into, I basically had to decorate for Christmas now. That's when I was able to get my decorations out of storage because I have zero room to store anything in my apartment. So last Friday I was off and I had all my Christmas stuff come into my apartment and I got in the mother freaking zone. I was listening to, I think a Court of Frost and Starlight, the little novella in the Akatar series audiobook. I listened to it in one go. One go while I was decorating for Christmas, which was really perfect timing because it's the winter solstice book. So it was kind of like the Christmas special and decorating for Christmas. Anyhow, got all my Christmas decorations up, which I love collecting Santas. If you know, you know, the home scents, Santas, which they're not made the same anymore. I collected a lot, like maybe 10 years ago. Not a lot. I have like six total. Okay. Maybe collect isn't the right word. Every year, every other year, I like to bring a new Santa standing figurine in. Anyhow, whatever. I got my Santas out, got them organized all through my living room. I've got like a little painter Santa, a little hammer handyman Santa, then you know, some skiing Santa, regular Santa, whatever. I got those out and I was on, I was on a roll and my partner was working, but I was like, you know what? Like I want a deep clean. Cause I took fall down, I was putting Christmas stuff. I'm like, once it's up, like there's gonna be dust from getting stuff out of the bins and what have you, glitter. So it's like, I want a deep clean, but I'm like, I don't want a deep clean until the tree is up. Usually. I would do that with my partner. However, I was just in the zone. If you know, you know, sometimes you're just, you're grooving, you're moving, and suddenly the Christmas tree's up. Oh, suddenly it's decorated. Whoops. Anyways, I fully decorated for Christmas on Friday. My partner came home and he was like, isn't that supposed to be like an us thing? And I was like, well, this year it was a me thing. And I got it decorated and it, the living room looks very cozy. My mom came over to drop some stuff off and she came in and she was like, oh, this feels like a Hallmark movie. And I said, I have done my job right then. A lot of compliments on how homey I make my apartment feel. I am not trying to vibe a minimalist aesthetic or anything by any means. I want my home to feel like a home. You. Christmas has arrived in the Alexander residence. I think it was also important for me, not just because the days are gray and gloomy and the seasonal depression is setting in a little bit early, but I'm having a lot of struggles with navigating grief right now. I know the holidays are hard for anyone, whether it is a fur baby or a human member of your family that you have lost navigating the holidays for the first time without them. It's a lot harder feeling than I anticipated and I'm having a lot of sad big feelings around it and not wanting to do things. I think it's because in part the last few Christmases have just been, they were just Boo and I alone. My partner plowed snow last year and we had, if you live in Ontario, you know, crazy snowstorm last Christmas where he was like not sleeping for like a week straight, just plowing, come home, nap, go out and plow. Just Boo and I alone all day. And he was my, my little buddy and it's really, Woo, we're not gonna cry. It's really difficult to think about navigating the holidays without him. And my partner's not doing that this year. He will, I think, actually have more time off than I will over the holidays. But regardless, y'all know Boo is my mother freaking baby. And it's just difficult. It's difficult this time of year. I've always been a very big fall and Christmas lover. My mom made Christmas so magical growing up. Oh, so my partner had a talk with me, a little pep talk and the, the classic, boo wouldn't want you to be sad and not enjoy Christmas. So that, I think that is also partially why Friday I was like, balls to the walls, let's just get it all up while I'm in the mood. Because I was a little bit nervous that maybe if I waited a couple days, I would not be wanting to put up Christmas. And I know a lot of people have their own feelings about it. You are so entitled to do whatever you want. You're your own person. You don't have to decorate for Christmas early just because I did. I don't judge people who don't decorate until, you know, I know some people that decorate two weeks before Christmas. Their tree goes up for only two weeks. That's cool too. It's all gravy. We all get to enjoy things how we want to. And decorating early for Christmas doesn't hurt anyone. I still very much wear my poppy and support Remembrance Day. My grandpa, who was a veteran, he loved Christmas and he was always very supportive of getting his decorations up before Remembrance Day as well. So I say, you know what? That's okay for me. Not in like Christmas music yet by any means. It's just the lights are so nice to have in the house, the ambiance. I love the vibes it curates. The wheels are definitely turning in my head about that. I know that for, again, Americans, y'all still have Thanksgiving coming up. So you're probably still in fall mode a little bit more than 
the rest of the world per se. I know, is it the Philippines or was it Thailand? Where they're decorating for Christmas like September 1st. I can't remember. I was reading, I was reading some kind of article about this. Every culture is different, what have you. Also interesting because if you know, you know, my family is from Ukraine and typically with Ukrainian Christmas, most Ukrainians, I would say, follow the Orthodox calendar and we would always celebrate on January 7th. With our new year, it would fall a couple weeks delayed. And my parents, anyhow, and I didn't go to church. My grandparents very much did. However, we just like always kind of followed along with the traditions of what they laid out, minus the religious aspect, which I'm personally very um, grateful for that upbringing and boundaries. Where my grandparents have both passed away and this year with everything that has gone on with the Russian invasion and genocide of Ukraine, the Ukrainian government and church has made the decision to assimilate with the regular, I don't know the right terminology here, the traditional um, Christian Catholic church calendar? I don't know. Anyways, that to say a lot of Ukrainians are switching to celebrating on the 25th and thus New Year's on the 1st as well. Because listen, we don't want anything. We don't want anything to do with Russia. We don't. We've already abducted millions of Ukrainian kids to bring to Russia to assimilate them into their culture. I think it's a part of the invasion and war that a lot of people don't know about. And Ukraine is really trying to stay on their own and separate themselves from Russia in that aspect, because Russia typically also celebrates with the January 7th calendar. Anyhow, this isn't a political chat or Christmas calendar lesson. It is just all to say, I don't know what's going to happen this year for Christmas. I don't know my family's plans or what's going to be going on. Actually, I think next week I'm going to do a whole episode though talking about setting boundaries for the holidays and what that looks like for me as someone who enjoys a very quiet, not family-oriented Christmas with a lot, a lot of boundaries and what that looks like. Anyhow, what else is new in my life? Not a whole lot. I think I mentioned last week my work, my real job right now is in busy season, full tilt, full swing. Work has just been really busy consuming a lot of my time. I'm still trying to truck along, do my therapy homework every day if I can, which is honestly not happening right now. And I'm really trying, but it's a hard time of year to fit that in and mental health wise, but I'm, I'm trying and that's all one can ask of themselves. My reading update for those who care, I'm on the last Akatar book now, A Court of Silver Flames, I think. I'm not sure how I'm feeling about that one yet. And then I'm going to be starting Crescent City in my Sarah J. Mass universe reading journey. I've also been reading a few thrillers on the side to kind of close out the fall season. I mean, I always read thrillers, but I finally found a Riley Sager book that I enjoyed and it was called Survive the Night. It was like 90s vibe, thriller, slashery, cheesy novel vibes. I don't know. If you have me on Goodreads, you know I don't really like his writing a lot of the time because it can be very misogynistic and violent against women sexually. This one passed the test. I picked it up at the library sale for $3 and I was like, okay, fine. I will give him one more chance. And I really enjoyed this one. So that was fun. Yeah, still just reading a lot. I have a little Ellen Hildebrandt book on the go right now, a summer read. It's called Golden Girl because I just, I'm, I'm summoning back a little bit of the summer vibes. I just need it in my life right now. Ooh, I also watched in one weekend the new season of Selling Sunset. Hello, did anyone else watch that? If so, let me know all of your thoughts. It was a very catty, dramatic season. One of those shows where I'm like, does anything ever actually really happen? No, but is it entertaining? Yes. Is it a real estate show where you're not even really hearing about the real estate? Mm, also, yes. It was a good distraction, nevertheless. I also watched, by the time you hear this episode, the finale of The Golden Bachelor will have aired, but as I'm recording it, the finale is coming up this week. And I watched the second last episode and no spoilers, but holy schmoly, if even one of you, if anyone is watching The Golden Bachelor, please DM me about it because I don't know a single person in my real life other than my partner who has got suckered into watching it with me, who watches it. And I have so many thoughts and feelings and opinions. And I'm curious what 
literally anyone else's thoughts and feelings and opinions are on The Golden Bachelor. So interesting to me that they picked a bunch of 70-year-olds, 16, 70-year-olds to do a season of The Bachelor. And I really hope that they continue this on because I stopped watching The Bachelor a long time ago. I watched it growing up and then was like, whoa, 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 whoa. This got a little yucky. And I mean, it's always been super superficial, but anyhow, The Golden Bachelor has been very entertaining. But that's been my life as of lately. So I suppose we'll get into the meat and taters of the episode. And then at the end, if I remember anything I want to talk about my personal life that I forgot to talk about, we'll get back into it. But let's talk about calming the nervous system. I'm going to be chatting about how I calm my nervous system personally, what I do again, as I say every episode, I'm not a professional. This is my podcast. This is just what works for me, what I'm doing, living my life, what I find works, what I find don't. Hey, maybe what you will too. It's just unsolicited advice from a 27 year old who's been through some shit trying to figure it out. But we live in a hyper-stimulating world where both the best and the worst news is accessible at the tip of our fingers. Consuming content at a rate that is not healthy for the human mind. A world pushing us to do more, be more, learn more. Hustle and bustle of it all can get so overwhelming. Take a step back. Book the mental health day off work. Prioritize your nightly stroll. Open your curtains, learn to sit in silence, ground yourself, and remember that despite what the system wants us to believe, it's okay to take care of yourself and put yourself first. It's really interesting to me. I know last week we talked a lot about social media, how that affects the brain, creating false realities. But another thing that I see a lot on social media, and this is coming from someone who's on kind of like slow living Instagram and TikTok is just the push for side hustle, becoming an entrepreneur, working for yourself, working from home, all of this stuff that we idealize. Is that a word? On a pedestal, what have you. It can inherently make us feel like we need to be doing more. And that's exhausting. That is so exhausting. And for me, not healthy. And I've been there. I used to call myself a recovering boss babe because like I've said before, I came into business and finishing college in the era of time when boss babe was like a cool term. It wasn't a chuggy millennial term. It was just the cool and like encouraging term. It's real cringy to think back on personally because something that I've often said, not so much now that I'm in my late 20s, but in my early 20s especially, get a lot of people in the world of business that I'm in, both from the online space when I was working in reproductive health primarily at the time and my day job, who would say, wow, I can't believe you're only 22. You're doing so well for your age. Same with like women in business events. They are important. However, I always said, I don't want to be good for my age. I don't want to be good for being a quote unquote woman. I want to be good and respected period, end of sentence. I think that that train of thought was the beginning of the unlearning and the unraveling of hustle culture and boss babe culture for me, where I was like, whoa, 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 wait a second. Also, all these people are recognizing that I'm so young. Why do I feel like I need to be hustling like a 45-year-old building an empire when I'm just trying to get by? Like keep food on the table on a roof over my head and try and survive this crazy rat race called life. Around the same time, I was dealing with a lot of stuff in my personal life that I'm not going to get into that triggered an autoimmune condition I have and knocked me on my ass real fast and made me have to learn boundaries that living with a chronic illness isn't conducive with the way that society and capitalism wants us to perform and behave. Learned that not even overworking myself, but working myself to the point of the average Joe even wasn't attainable in a healthy way and would lead to burnout over and over again. Do not work a 40-hour work week. My day job, which I'm not going to talk about here, is something where physically you cannot do that for eight hours a day. Again, in hindsight, I'm like, wow, I'm very glad I got into that before I knew that I was going to be living with chronic illness, which isn't something I talk about a lot because, again, it's not something I want to be defined by, I suppose. I think regardless of whether you have chronic illness or are just a human being, that it's okay to need and recognize and want to push for a slower life that doesn't revolve around work. So we're not going to talk about that too much today. However, all that to say, I am lucky that I got into a position where I didn't have to work 
40 hour work weeks to make ends meet anyhow. As you can tell if you're listening to this, I'm currently not, I have not had the energy to seek sponsors for the podcast. So I'm currently not making money off of this as you're listening, but you might see I occasionally do the odd brand deal online, this, that, and that. I do technically have a quote unquote side hustle, but due to the fact I don't work full-time hours at my day job, it just feels like I work two part-time jobs if that kind of makes sense. Even that is too much for me sometimes. And I recognize that. And I used to get really pulled in from TikTok and saying, okay, well, I have my 10 streams of income. I make this from my YouTube AdSense, this from brand partnerships, this from my day job, this from my podcast, this from whatever drop shipping on Etsy, this from my Amazon storefront. Like there are so many things And it's okay to not do that. It's okay to not want to do that, to not have the energy to do that. Recognize that it's just not healthy for yourself to be pushing yourself that much. And this is why so many people do land themselves into burnout. Again, regardless of the side hustle talk and everything, even a quote unquote regular 40 hour work week, which is an insane amount of time that we are donating away to the system and to taxes with the government who are spending money in ways that maybe a lot of us don't agree with. It's still a huge chunk of time to be sending away and that leads to a lot of burnout. So that's why I've compiled this list of things that I do to regulate my nervous system on my own time and incorporate into day-to-day life because there's only so much we can change. We can despise the system and not agree with the system, but also recognize that we need to participate in the system to, again, keep a roof over our heads, keep food on the table, etc. So what do I do to take care of myself, to ensure that I'm like keeping my cup at a nice full level with a nice healthy herbal tea in it? The glass is over half full. Hopefully, I never said I was good at analogies. First thing is being really mindful about the content that I consume. And I know I've talked about this before and I'm not talking so much about social media, but even just music and TV. I don't do horror movies or even modern new TV very often. I love to rewatch generally like non-problematic, wholesome shows. That's because I find all these new dramas etc. that are being produced by Prime, Netflix, whatever. Too stressful. Even if it's not scary, it's too much drama. It's too stressful. So I do a lot of Gilmore Girls. I love the Planet Earth movies. I love vet shows, aquarium shows, Animal Planet. I recently watched the Steve Irwin family reality show, Grace and Frankie, Virgin River. I do occasionally love my reality TV, but it's the reality TV where I can just like mindlessly be like, this isn't real life. And oh my goodness, y'all know, y'all know, I'm not a big movie person. Whenever anyone's like, you want to go to the movies? No, I don't. Even my partner, he's like, you want to watch a movie? I'm like, not really. The movies that I'm interested in watching are Hallmark movies, women's network movies here in Canada. That's our channel. I know in the States, y'all, someone messaged me, y'all do have just a Hallmark channel. That is wild to me. We don't have that. We get a lot, a fair amount, I'd say, of the Hallmark movies on our women's network. Anyhow, those are the movies that are good for my soul. They're good for my brain. I know there's going to be a happily ever after. Even if there's a little bit of sadness in the middle, I know I'm getting my happily ever after. Wholesome, nice vibes, usually pretty to look at, seasonal fun. That makes a difference for me. It really does. I even think back to high school and college when I was in the depths, the pits of my Tumblr era. And I was really into American Horror Story, the Saw movies. Like, I I don't know. It was an interesting time. And that time maybe wasn't the best for me. And I feel like I was definitely functioning in fight or flight a lot of the time and just seeking outlets, maybe per se, for a lot of big feelings I have. And maybe that was a healthy way to manage that and feel the feelings. However... That is my personal hell now. I have no, no interest in watching that type of content. And it's not to say if you do really enjoy that, that there's anything wrong with that. This is just what works for me and something I've really noticed that when I am watching movies or TV, if I'm going to be, that the type of media that I'm consuming does impact 
my overall mood and brain and ability to sleep even. And I know I've heard before on the internet, a lot of people with anxiety will rewatch shows because they already know what's going to happen. It's predictable. And I think that's a little part of it. But again, just the promise with these shows of knowing that it's not going to be stressful. It's not going to be overwhelming. There's going to be happily ever after. That's what I need. I'm already consuming doom and gloom from even just opening Instagram or TikTok with so much world news, again, whether good or bad, being slammed at me with five second increments that if I'm wanting to consume long form media, I just need to chill. I need to chill, y'all. I, my brain is go, 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 go. My heart rate is go, 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 go all day. And if I have the downtime to watch a movie or binge a TV show, it needs to be for pure entertainment and zen purposes. So on that same kind of train of thought, I really find that the music that I pick impacts me as well. So I, and I know I sound like a grandma. I earned the nickname Grandma Vic for a plethora of reasons. If you can't tell, but non-stimulating music is really important to me. And I'm so lucky in my day job, the music that I have to listen to is like meditative music or like iron and wine. And I used to be like, oh, my Spotify wrapped would be so skewed because it would be all my work music because I use my Spotify account at my office. And then I realized, oh, I slowly started listening to more and more of that on my downtime. And I've noticed the difference. Now, in general, I sound, I'm going to sound like a little bit of a Grinch or maybe a little weird because I know music is like everything for so many people. And you've got your artists that you really love that make you feel big things. So bear with me when I say I'm not that big into music. And this is wild because my youth was fueled by going to concerts two hours away in Toronto, like every other weekend. And music was everything for me in a sense. But I'm so sensitive to sound. And that's something I'm unpacking with my therapist and OCD treatment right now. And that, that runs a lot deeper However, I've really learned to appreciate and learn to sit in the silence or audiobooks. I'm such an audiobook person and podcasts. However, however, I think too, a part of it is, you know, when you listen to music all day at work, when you get off work, I don't know, I'm like, I'm good. I'm actually good. In the off chance, if I'm not feeling like listening to an audiobook or I'm in the car, driving home from work or going to work, that's a really important time for me to listen to non-stimulating music or in the shower, I put on my favorites. So for me, I love Healing Frequencies playlists. And my aunt, she's a very woo-woo herbalist. <laughs> she got me onto these like 15 years ago, the Solfeggio Frequencies. And you know what? I don't know if I believe so much that these certain frequencies are going to affect my like tissue health healing or pain reduction. However, the vibes are immaculate. The vibes are, it's like the music they play in the float tanks. If you've ever been to a float tank, like the flotation pods or rooms, they have usually like a really zen music. The solfeggio healing frequencies are very, very similar. So I love listening to those in the shower. And oh my goodness, a little drop of eucalyptus or if you're fancy and can find the dried eucalyptus to hang in there, solfeggio healing frequencies on the speaker, you're going to feel like you're at a spa. You're going to feel like you are in like the Swedish mountains at some kind of bougie spa in another tax bracket. So that is my favorite. And whether in the morning or night, because if anyone else has like weird dreams, you know, sometimes you can just wake up already in fight or flight, like already just like ready to go and like not go somewhere good, maybe. <laughs> That's something that I would encourage you all to maybe try or look into. Also, if you type in like meditation playlist on Spotify or whatever, that will also probably produce the similar vibes, but healing frequencies playlists, just give it a try. Some people sleep with them on. That was what my aunt used to tell me to do. She's like, oh, I just sleep with them on. I later learned I just like a white noise machine. That's good enough for me. Anyways, the other things that I like is if I'm wanting like music with lyrics or something, my favorites, Iron and Wine, which that's been a long time favorite. I got to see them in concert like 15 years ago. It was incredible. Jose Gonzalez, love, love, love. I usually type in like Jose Gonzalez acoustic and find all the nice acoustic songs in a playlist. Cigarettes After Sex, they are one of my favorite bands. I also play them in my office a lot. 
I just type in cigarettes after sex, all songs on Spotify and have a playlist I saved that someone else made of literally all their songs. Just actively seeking out the calming, relaxing vibes. And I've also learned, and I find this really interesting, as a elder emo who used to frequent Riot Fest Warp Tour, very loud bands and music, which I still enjoy here and there. There's times where I'm feeling really stressed or after work and I'm just like, oh, I need to change the vibe where I used to reach for maybe like an old Data Remember album, Alexis on Fire, where now I will force myself and be like, no bitch, you need to calm down. You're at a 10, you need to bring it down to at least a five. Put on my silly little solfeggio frequencies for my drive home and force myself to decompress and to bring it down. And I think that either whatever works for you works for you. But I was very surprised when I tried that and kind of pulled myself out of a mood rather than leaning into it. And again, like whatever works for you is cool, but I think I'm just learning what is a healthy coping mechanism for me and encouraging an angry nervous system versus actually trying and being mindful to bring myself back to earth. So I've had my decompressing drive home from work per se with my little cigarettes after sex. I get home. What's the next important thing for me? No big lights. No big lights allowed ever, really ever. Light switches, I don't see them. I want lamps. I want the warmest, most vibey light bulb that I can find. The dimmer, the better. I like a lamp. Oh, if you've ever seen those stained glass light bulbs on TikTok, I'm very interested in those. I haven't tried one. If you have, let me know if they actually work. Those look really cool. Himalayan salt lamps, candles. For me, I love the fake candles, the flameless candles, like battery operated. And I don't have to worry about burning my house down or smells overstimulating me and giving me a headache. Oh man, but that's especially important this time of year with like really little sunlight is just creating a cozy, warm toned light environment. And I see so many of these new build houses or influencers with the really white houses with the white bright lights, which I get is probably better for filming. I don't think it's good though for like the receptors in the brain because the warm, soft, vibey lights that's what's calming me that is what is setting the homey cozy feeling no big light no big light so now i'm in my cozy vibey warm toned flameless candlelight bath maybe what am i doing next if i am pulling out my phone because i know a lot of us decompress on our phone in a perfect world sure we all want to be the people that read books all the time but we're on our phones that's the way it is Tip I have for you that I have really found beneficial for, again, bringing me from like a 10 to a 5, watching Instagram and TikTok on mute. It is so much less stimulating, again, for someone who's really sensitive to sound. There's no jump scares of even just like a loud sound or audio coming in or something that is like not the vibe that's going to stimulate a higher heart rate and jump your nervous system. I find it's both more relaxing when I see a video come up. Most videos have captions now anyways that maybe I'm interested in. Maybe I'll turn the sound up for that one video and then turn it back down. I think a lot of us already watch Instagram on mute, but I, I encourage you to try that on TikTok. And I think it works in two ways that one, it's less stimulating and more calming for the nervous system, but it's also going to encourage you to stay on the app for less time, which I think a lot of us are actively trying to be mindful of spending less time on social media. And I had a really interesting message the other day of someone who saw my latest reel, which was an excerpt from last week's podcast and said like, yeah, no, when I'm on my deathbed, I am not going to be thinking of all those great hours that I spent scrolling TikTok and Instagram. Might feel a little gratifying in the moment, but when you reflect back on your days, it's not what you're gonna remember. So using it for maybe some decompressing time, but in a healthy way, that's why for me that looks like listening on mute, seeing if anything actually seems interesting or then I get bored of it and then I actually do wanna go, maybe I wanna read, maybe I wanna play a game on my Switch, whatever it might be where I can actually disconnect more because when I'm overstimulated, the last thing that I need is like 50 to 100 
of other people's lives being absorbed into my brain and into my space. I know there's other people too who will switch their phone to grayscale and I think you can set a timer where after like 9 p.m. you can switch it to grayscale where there's no color. It's all black and white and that obviously is less stimulating as well and less intriguing to keep looking at. I haven't tried that because I don't know how I would feel about that, but if that's something that maybe interests you or maybe you're really trying to reduce your screen time or finding that you know your phone is overstimulating you, but you still want to be on it, switch to mute or switch to grayscale. Just try and make it a little less engaging. Speaking of social media, when I am on social media, I try and again, be careful of the content I consume. Don't spend too much time on the explore page on Instagram or the for you page on TikTok. I'm looking into specifically what type of content I want to consume, trying to curate it to what I need at that time. Because like I've said before, social media is like the shopping channel now, big time. Everything kind of centers around a product often. My favorite, my favorite thing for my little nervous system is ASMR. And I know some people love it. Some people hate it. There are so many different types of ASMR. Listen, I don't want to hear anyone yap in their mouth chewing. No, 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 no. Personal hell. But a nice massage ASMR, light ASMR, visual ASMR is a thing. There are so many neat things. I love facial ASMR estheticians on TikTok that are making ASMR videos doing their facials. I'm literally going to go watch them after I record this because I can feel how wonderful my brain and body and nervous system are going to feel from watching a little ASMR. Anyhow, TikTok is a great place to get introduced to ASMR if you're not sure about it. And I have a couple accounts I'll recommend. And then once I got into those, I wanted more. And I got into long form content ASMR over on YouTube where there's like 30 to 60 minute long videos and I actually first got introduced to these after my big elbow surgery. I guess would have been three or four years ago now. If you don't know, at the start of uh, lockdowns, I was feeling a little crazy. I wasn't allowed to work and I took up skateboarding again and I was not good at skateboarding again and I fell just like the perfect way while doing a manual and landed on my elbow and dislocated it shattered it and ruptured my ulnar collateral ligament. It was very not fergalicious. I had, I think it was a seven and a half hour surgery to reconstruct it. Had a bunch of pins and plates and screws shoved in there. Later had to have a second surgery. Super not fun. Let me tell you the worst pain I've ever been in in my entire life. Interestingly enough, quick side tangent, they ended up giving me, what are they called? Opioids, which they didn't ask me about and I didn't consent to and I would have said no to due to um, some addiction issues running in my family and me being sober. However, they had administered some both in Emerge when I first went in and after my surgery, which I've read later in my um, notes, which I requested a copy of, didn't even cut the pain. Like it was so, so bad. And I was sleeping on my couch because I had to be sitting up um, with my arm elevated on pillows. And I was just at my wit's end and I finally thought like, okay, I've got, I'm reading Reddit threads of people who have been through similar things and managing pain. And that was when I came across ASMR. And I can't remember the name. I think her name is Min. I can't remember the name of the YouTube channel that I first came across, but it was a video called like Herbology Class ASMR. And it was like making some kind of herbal tincture or something. And it was like the most beautiful setup where you felt like you were in Harry Potter and it was just like the most calming hour-long video ever and I fell asleep after not being able to sleep for like a week because of this video and that was my gateway into ASMR all like I don't really know a ton of people into it a couple of my clients are the people that get it get it and I know it's not for everyone but I very quickly understood something that I used to maybe hold a little bit of judgment and not understanding to and saw how much it could benefit my life. So anyhow, I've really found ASMR super important and beneficial in my life ever since then. So when I can't sleep or even in the bath, I love watching a little bit of ASMR, but sleep is like the best time. It is integral in my bedtime routine, ASMR. So on TikTok, I love restful rambles. That is one of 
my favorite recommendations for people and she does just like face to camera ASMR. She has a lot of visual ASMR with lights. She's very fun, funky, fresh. No like chewing sounds and that type of ASMR. It's very, I think they call it like personal attention ASMR. Another one that I enjoy is Mad P ASMR. She does a lot of role play ASMR where she's the chiropractor, she's the massage therapist, or she's the doctor, whatever it might be. Um, and there's usually another person and I don't, I don't know. It's very, very hard to describe, but that is another TikTok creator I enjoy. I mainly watch on YouTube now though. And my favorite, most favorite ASMR creator is Julia. It's Blitz. It splits with, I think, three Zs at the end. Oh, her ASMR is so good. She makes vlogs as well, but if you go to her playlist, you can find her ASMR playlist. And she started making them again now, but she recently had a baby, so she was kind of off the ASMR creation game for a little while. My favorite is her ASMR massage video with Phoebe Bridgers. She also has one with Melanie Martinez that is really good. And, oh, what's the other name of the musician? Oh, he is, a, like, a, I think a Spanish guitar and acoustic musician. I can't remember his name, but she has a lot of really magical ASMR videos where she does like gentle touch kind of massage on people's heads and necks. And it's so hard to describe. You just have to try. You simply must just try. It's incredible. She's so, so wonderful. So, so good. I can't remember. Oh, actually I do. I think remember the name of the facial estheticians that I watch on TikTok for ASMR. I think... I think Sarah Maxwell is one. And I want to say her handle is like and Maxwell maybe. I can't remember. If you look up facial ASMR Maxwell, I think it should come up. And she does non-ASMR related content as well. But her facial videos are so, so good. I love watching other people get a facial. And then it just makes me want to go do my skincare too and like relax. I haven't had a facial in like a decade. That is just not in the budget right now, but I feel like I can live vicariously through them. Anyways, long-winded way of saying ASMR is really, really an important part in my winding down routine, in calming my nervous system. Even in the morning, if I wake up from a bad dream or can't sleep in the night or just feel kind of funky, starting my day with a little bit of ASMR like levels me out makes me human, calms me down. Okay, the rest of the list is a little bit spark notesy, just some bullet points. So we're gonna get right into it. But the first one I already mentioned is float tanks. These can get pricey too. I haven't done them in a while, but when the economy was a little better, I had a monthly membership at a flotation tank um, clinic office, whatever you might call it, where for $40 a month, I could go and have an hour float session. People refer to these as like sensory deprivation tanks. They don't have to be. Now, you're essentially floating in water that is body temperature, so it feels like you can't even feel it with it's something like 10,000 pounds of Epsom salt. It's a wild amount of salt to make you float like you're on the Dead Sea. I don't do the pods. I do the rooms, which you can Google the difference. The pods, I think it would be very claustrophobic, but the room, it's a room that you step into and lay down face up and you float for an hour. It's real. There's not that much to it. And you can choose in the one I go to at least whether you have music on under the water, like the little healing frequency, magical meditation music or no music. And same with the lights. You can choose to have the ambient. Usually it's like a nice little soft blue or orange light on in there, or you can do complete darkness. And there's big buttons on the side so that you can feel where they are and not panic and freak out. But those are wild. I step out of those and I feel like I just had like a 12 hour sleep. And don't get me wrong, the first couple times I went years ago, very hard to turn the brain off. But I also think it was an important part in my internet detox journey. Ugh, I don't like the word detox, but it fits in the sense of detoxing from social media and the internet and finding healthy boundaries where my brain was so used to being overstimulated and... I had to learn to sit with my own thoughts and to slow my brain down and to be okay sitting in quiet and not need constant stimulation. So for me, float tanks are really, really nice. Not even just a float tank. I mean, here in Canada, you know, we don't have a lot of warm months. Even in the warm months, the lake water is frigid, but water in general, maybe you're somewhere where you have beaches around you and whether you're going in the water or just sitting near it, water is so healing. I even love baths. I am a daily bath taker. If I can take two baths a day, that is even better. 
being near the water, even just listening to it, putting on a little YouTube water ambiance video, I think water can be super duper healing and calming to the nervous system. On that note of calming our nervous system with water, our environment, etc. I'm trying to link these points together if you can't tell, but it's diaphragmatic breathing, which if you haven't heard of diaphragmatic breathing, look into it, look it up on YouTube. It's very simple. The concept is just filling up our diaphragm first and then our chest with really slow, deep breaths. And it's wild how even at night, if I can't sleep, if I just do, you know, three or four rounds of diaphragmatic breathing, I can feel my nervous system literally slow down. My heart rate slows down. I can feel it coming down. And this is something in school that we were taught to recommend as home care to our patients as well as diaphragmatic breathing because it really just can help people regulate their nervous system. It calms you down. It's getting more oxygen to your brain. Everything is gravy. When I'm having those times where, you know, especially if I can't sleep or I'm post panic attack, diaphragmatic breathing and icing my vagus nerve, like along your neck, putting a cold pack on there or ice on the forehead does it for me. It brings me right down because often when you're overwhelmed, you're overstimulated, maybe you're feeling a lot of anxiety, your body temperature is typically rising. A little cold pack, a little bit of ice, or even just splashing cold water on your face and your hands can do a world of difference. But especially at night, if I can't sleep, I go to my freezer. I've got those bean bags. A lot of people heat them up. Mine stay in the freezer because I find I need them more cold. And I put that on my forehead or along my chest and neck at night and I fall asleep so much quicker. Instantly soothes me, forces my body to calm down. Another little random note I had in here is keeping a clear calendar, which we've talked about before again as well, because it benefits you in so many ways. But for me, plans, I don't want them. I really don't want them. Even appointments stress me out. Like I cannot wait to get this dentist appointment over with. I think I go Wednesday this week because it's just been looming over my head where I'm like, great, I have to sacrifice like an hour and a half out of my day off this week to go to the McFreaking dentist. And I don't want to do that. But even just having anything on the calendar for someone like me who has dealt with adrenal fatigue and burnout and lives with chronic illness, it ain't it. I need to last minute plan things if I'm going to be social. So I like to keep a very clear calendar to know that I have days off to look forward to where I don't have anything to do. I have no obligations, nowhere I need to be. That itself really helps me be in a better mental state. And it's so interesting because I know a lot of people function better by being busy. And that's the beauty in us all being so different. And I follow a couple people online who are so busy. I don't know if anyone else, probably Canadians, watch Sarah Jenkins on TikTok. I love her vlogs, love her daily vlogs on TikTok. She's like the busiest person I've ever freaking seen. I don't know how she does it. And I know she has talked about before that she functions well being busy. And I really admire that in people. I'm just not that person. So for me, I need to live my life in an opposite way. I'm not signing up for sport leagues for fun. I'm not sporty anyways, but I'm just, I'm keeping a clear calendar. I'm keeping her laid back, relaxed, that is what works for me with my current mental well-being state of mind. <laughs> Where my nervous system's at is I don't I don't know, maybe I just don't have a good enough balance at this point between my mental health, work life and personal life to squeeze in a lot of extras on the calendar, but I just I just don't don't love it. I love alone time so so much and that works for me and I think everyone's different, but if you're somebody that finds yourself dreading that you make plans every weekend, I encourage you to just just stop making plans. And you might think, oh, well, you know, my family's going to get upset. My friends are going to get upset. If they love you, they're going to understand that for a couple months, you need to hibernate. You need to go into some self-reflection time, give yourself downtime to heal. It is so true that you cannot pour from an empty cup. Take care of yourselves. Um, my last note here and my closing note is that when in doubt, McDonald's fries and a Diet Coke. Truly is nothing quite like a McDonald's large fry and a large Diet Coke for me. When I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm feeling stressed, or I'm not feeling good, really any problem in life for me can be helped a little bit by McDonald's fries and Diet Coke. If you know, you know, that's all I can say. That's all I can say. And I also wanna say on this note, take your meds. If you're somebody that is on medication and you need to do that to feel good and to function, take 
your meds. You're not a bigger person or a better person for not being on medication. Mental health is so, so hard. Dealing with any anxiety, depression, mental health struggles is so, so hard. And if your meds are part of how you calm your nervous system, set your alarms and ensure that you are taking your damn meds every day at the required time. Take care of yourselves. I know this time of year is just so difficult for all of us, or maybe you're finding this episode in the summer and you're just burned out and having a hard time. Whatever it might be, remember that we are all our own main character in our own story. So even if you feel like the world is going to fall apart, your workplace is going to fall apart. If you take that week off to deal with your mental health and give yourself a little staycation, the world will keep spinning. Everything will keep functioning. The only things that really don't fit into that exception are parents. And I am not one. And I will never be one. And I respect the demand that that requires from people so much. And I know you can't just turn off parenthood. And my heart goes out to you. I hope there are specific parenthood podcasts that can touch more on that because that is not my lived experience. However, in pretty much every other sense of the being, the world will keep spinning if you take some time off to prioritize yourself and take care of yourself. Promise, promise, promise. Everything will be okay. Oh, that is about it today. This episode actually went a lot longer than I expected to. And yeah, I I think that's that's all she wrote, literally. So I am going to hop off and probably go edit this while I play my Switch. Um, (laughs) I know a lot of people are like sitting on their laptops editing their podcast. It's not that deep for me. I have my blue snowball mic that I have an adapter to hook up to my phone. I record on voice memos on my iPhone and edit in a editor program I think I bought for 40 bucks to have for lifetime on my phone. I iCloud it to my laptop and then upload it. So I literally listen and edit this while I'm playing Fae Farm on my Switch, which is my current cozy game of choice, and get it up, which I, again, I I don't know. I like to be very real with y'all. It's not glamorous here. It really is. I know some people are like, oh, sometimes it feels like sitting down with a friend for coffee. It does for me too. I'm in my pajamas right now. It's 1030 on a Monday morning that I'm recording this before I have to go to work later. Chillin. I like to set the vibe just as much as y'all do, hopefully, as you listen. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Next week, we're going to be talking about holidays, family, boundaries, etc. And I haven't wrote notes for it yet, but I know I'm going to have a lot to say on that. And I hope that it will be helpful for all of us to be mindful of as we head into the holiday season shortly. But I hope y'all are going to have a wonderful week. If you're listening on a Sunday, that you're having a lovely end of your weekend. No Sunday scaries. We do not manifest those vibes. New episodes, as always, will go up every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, which with daylight savings time feels like a brand new time of day. Anyhow, I appreciate y'all being here so much. I appreciate everyone who shares their thoughts on the podcast and everyone who doesn't and just listens and vibes. You are so valued here and appreciated. And I will see y'all next Sunday. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.